And now, proper propaganda. Pull my mic back, you like that? Journalists with journalists too. We can strike back. Hardcore reporters with orders from headquarters. Behind enemy lines, sidestepping the borders. For those of you just tuning in to Civic Sacra, I'm your host, Ramses Jai. He is Ramses Jai, and I am still mentally exhausted. <laughs> Sorry. Emotionally taxed. Um, and, you know, Q Ward, for those who <laughs> care whose voice this is. Man, to segue from our lives into our topics for our show mm-hmm. is a really heavy lift, man. Sure. Right? Even starting on a lighter note, you know, Ramses and I have conversations about our show and about what we need to do before we start it. And just transitioning from saying hello to you guys to what we have to talk to you about. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. And we are definitely going to keep talking about it. So stay tuned. We got more to come from our digest version of the uh, Nashville shooting and so much more. But first and foremost, let's talk about becoming a better ally, B-A-B-A. So today's Baba um, is sponsored by Major Threads uh, for the finest in men's athletic wear. Check MajorThreads.com. And I'm going to do a little bit of reading from truthout.org. Today, we're going to give a shout out to somebody who's playing for the home team here. Hmm. Uh, Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs recently vetoed a Republican-backed education bill that would ban public K-12 schools from teaching critical race theory to students. Republicans have tried three times so far. In other words, she is not allowing the schools in Arizona to have books taken off of their shelves just because the authors are black or just because it highlights the accomplishments, the achievements or the history of black, brown, marginalized peoples in this country. That is an ally. and That is how you use your power uh, to um, stand in allyship with people who might need your support so definitely shouting her out for that um and for those that don't know uh, crt is a legal academic discipline <laughs> that began in the 1980s and it's it's a it's a co- advanced college level uh, uh uh study it's not elementary school stuff that's called american history but yeah um, they're, they're in, using that as code branding exactly that's what i was encourage people who are afraid of this thing they created. Yeah. It, and in fact, that was what it says in 2020, the far right co-opted the term CRT weaponizing it as a boogeyman in the latest culture war pushed by Republicans. And currently more than 18 States have enacted policies targeting CRT. According to education week, most no- notoriously in 2022, Florida governor Rhonda Satan's signed the stop woke act, which prohibited educators from teaching lessons on race or LGBTQ issues. All right, back to Nashville. So we have a few questions, as promised. Um, before we get to the questions, let me paint a picture. This 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 paints a picture quite well. Um, someone asked uh, early on when the details were still coming out, um, did the shooter act alone? Right, and I saw a response online that I want to share with you. Uh, I think you'll love it. Uh, the shooter did not act alone. The shooter was aided by the NRA and 49 Republican senators. That is a fact. Now, 
um, there are people who will say that the Republican senators have tried to do this or that or the other thing. Um, and, uh, most notably, uh, Republicans wanted to put more police officers in schools, right? Uh, put together a bill that puts more police officers in schools and more guns in the hands of citizens. There you go. And teachers, a few things, but you know, that, that, that absolutely is one of them too. But the, the one that, uh, there was a lot of opposition to from the democratic side of things is that, um, we've seen that police in schools often has a negative impact on uh black and brown students they're often arrested and and punished and, and criminalized and it just fortifies the school to prison pipeline uh, our good friend janelle wood has a lot to say about um officers in schools and how it's actually uh damaging um black and brown students in impoverished communities by having uh police officers in schools in fact um the the outcomes that folks were hoping to achieve uh the opposite has been achieved and so um again whereas schools normally would discipline children the way in the traditional sense when there are police at schools now disciplining children becomes a criminal act and you see six-year-olds getting arrested and having to you know go to court and that sort of thing so um this is why there has been a pushback to that rather uh the liberals the democrats in this country have pushed for gun reform because there is a difference between a school shooting and a mass shooting somehow and everyone likes to point everything at school shootings, completely ignoring that people shoot up parades and people shoot up grocery stores and people shoot up movie theaters and whatever else they can shoot up. And that we have a gun problem in this country. As I mentioned earlier in the show, this is the 130th mass shooting of the year. I didn't say school shooting, mass shooting. And just because I graduated high school doesn't mean I want to get shot. We have a gun problem. And so um, oftentimes it is you know, the, the right, uh, facet of this country. It's, uh, very much opposed to adopting progressive gun laws. They're very much second amendment purists, but they leave off the part of the second amendment that says that we should have a well-regulated militia. They don't like the well-regulated part, but they do like the right to bear arms part. And so when I say, or rather when this person says, uh, that the, the shooter did not act alone was aided by the NRA and 49 Republican senators. That is the, uh, point that they were coming from. Rams, how many arms? Guns? In this like the right to bear how many? I got two. <laughs> right? like how many arms do we have the right to bear? Because the gun you bought in 1979 still works. Yeah. Right? So, Digging to get to the actual problem here, then you don't have to dig too deep, yeah. right? It's profit, like almost every other problem in this country. Sure. They sell it as protection. They use fear to churn up you needing to protect yourself more. Mm -hmm. So I know you got two guns already. I know you got one gun already that still works and will work forever. That's the really massive thing yeah. about guns Very simple. As, a, as a machine, as a mechanism, as long as it doesn't rust to decay. It'll work forever. 
So like the one you bought the last time you got scared, that's the one. Oh, there's guns from the 1800s. That yeah. Still shoot. yeah. They still shoot and will still kill. It's not like they, <laughs> you'll just be hobbling around. Like, no, those guns kill as effectively as the ones you can buy new today. Yeah. So it's not this need to protect your family because a pistol will do that. Mm-hmm. And AR-15 was not designed for in-home invader family protection. Yeah, it's a military. It's, it's for war. It is a, as Ramses calls it, killing machine yeah. designed for war. Yeah. You don't need one at the crib. You definitely don't need three or four and you posing with your wife and your kids who also, okay, never mind. I don't want to pick on nobody. Now listen, well, we can move on. And, and then I think you, you brought up the point that, uh, actually we'll get there. We'll get there. So first question, what was the shooter's motive? Um, so. I, I don't want to read the uh, shooter's name. That's just, I, I just don't feel good about that, but I'm sure, you know, the shooter's name by now. Um, I, because I want to be very respectful of the trans community. I don't want to misgender this person because I, I, I want to be respectful of properly gendering people. Um, and I believe that, this person used he him pronouns and so for the purposes of our conversation we will uh describe this shooter as a he or a him um however the the news reports uh suggest that this was a genetic biological female that that carried out the shooting so um this person was a 28 year old former student of the school uh, Nashville police chief John Drake said at a news conference, uh, this would have been Tuesday. The shooter had left behind a manifesto, Drake said, which included a map of the school with details about how he would enter and carry out uh, an attack. So the motive of this shooter, I cannot begin to imagine what would get a person to go that far um but i suspect that it might be a response to hate um again i'm not justifying it i'm just saying that there there might be something there if this person is a transgender individual been pushed to the edge because of uh, recent events you know, maybe there's something there. I don't know. Again, taking that out on children is the, perhaps the most heinous thing that a person can do. And innocent people and, you know, the janitor, we saw the janitor was a black man and that felt unfair too. Um, but uh, if we're looking for a motive, maybe that's what it is. So that's one of the questions that you know, we thought about and uh, and this also we're, a lot of this reading and research came from NPR.org. I want to make sure I shout them out. Um, another question. Could police have confiscated the shooter's guns? And I think that this is kind of where you were with um, your what the statement you were making earlier. Um, so I'll read this uh, in actuality. The shooter had legally purchased seven firearms from five local gun stores. Three of those weapons, including two assault-style firearms, were used in the shooting. Uh, The shooter was under a, quote, doctor's care for an emotional disorder. Um, 
but law enforcement knew nothing about the treatment. Um, and then it goes on to say, in some states, so-called red flag laws empower law enforcement to confiscate weapons due to mental illness or concerns from relatives. So could police have confiscated the shooter's guns? Um, if the Republicans in Tennessee hadn't voted against. There you go. Laws that would have made it the case. Yes, they could have. You know, uh, something I read that you can't go to like a CBS and purchase like some sort of medicine and then go to another, like a Walgreens and purchase more of the same medicine and then go to another store and purchase the same medicine because it will throw up a red flag. Like um, this is what people who are wanting to unalive themselves might do. They might get a bunch of pills because they can't get them all in the same place. So there's systems in place that prevent you from going to multiple locations and stocking up on whatever this medicine. And I, I, don't know the details on how to do this, but um, I was reading this and I was reading this. The person who who had uh, compiled this information was doing so in an attempt to suggest that it is possible to uh, put together an alert system for people who are going from this store to the next store to the next store to buy guns because it exists for this, whatever this medicine was. And, you know, I think that it's, just a little sad that where we are with this is kind of where we started. That's the part that feels a little bit sad to me. Yeah. More, so I mean, really more than a little sad because I think we, you know, we've talked about this before with some angst, right? Like the idea that there should be something that breaks capitalism's hold on us. Mm-hmm. Like, perhaps our children being murdered at school, except no. Like in the name of profit, there's like no basement. There's no floor. There's no bottom for us. Like, yes, we could do all these things to make this less likely to happen, but then it'd be harder for us to make more money. So no, This is Maggie B. Noen, and we'll be right back with more Civic Cipher after a quick break. Hi, I'm Dr. Miranda Melcher, host of the Just Access podcast. We bring you amazing interviews from the world of human rights and access to justice, from Dunja Miatovic, Council of Europe Commissioner for Human Rights, to Liz Evenson, International Justice Director at Human Rights Watch. Whether you're a law student or legal professional, human rights activist, or just want to stay up to date on what's happening with the world, The Just Access podcast is your go-to for inspirational stories and fascinating discussions about the state of human rights today. Search for Just Access on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, you know, I think the craziest part about this whole thing is that I think you said this, you made this point before, that once Sandy Hook happened, and we saw that children were on the menu and nobody was. And I have to say this white children. Mm-hmm. Once white children being murdered. I'm using that word very intentionally, very deliberately, because that's what it is. Not just children being murdered because the country has shown us for a long time that if those children look like Rambus and myself, 
No, they weren't really moved by it. Yeah. They they actually used the way that our skin reacts to vitamin D and melanin as a reason why maybe we deserved to be shot down or killed. Anymore. Look what they do to each other. So why should we care? Mm-hmm. But once the other side showed us that even their children being murdered wouldn't sound an alarm and cause any type of change or reform, at that moment, to me, mentally, we're, we're doomed. Well, because if not that, then what? Man, it's it's a we're in a we're in a bit of a situation here. All right. Now, again, I want to remind you, this is Civic Cipher. And all these things are connected. Okay. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a pivot here because the next question that I want to ask uh, is kind of important. Will the FBI or state agencies investigate this as a hate crime? Now, if you're like me, you're like, hate crime? Hate? You know what I mean? That's, that's different. But let me read this to you. Police say that the suspect was previously a student of the Covenant School and targeted the building, which is also a church. On Tuesday, Senator Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, took that to mean the attack was targeted, that is, against Christians. And began calling for federal agencies to investigate the shooting as a hate crime. Holly also also introduced a Senate resolution to formally condemn the shooting as a hate crime. Holly's choice in framing caught on quickly with other Republican leaders. Okay, so it's important to identify this tactic and to put an asterisk here because this conceivably would give license to lawmakers to go after trans people. In other words, the connection that they're making is that trans people hate Christians, when in fact, it seems to be that Christians <laughs> hate trans people. You guys can't see me, but yes. <laughs> Re- reverse, you play Uno to reverse card, that. Yeah. So this is something that, of course, we can see because being black and studying black history in this country, um, this is a tactic. You know, you try to use whatever you can to make sure that you're the victim, make sure that they're the bullies, you know what I'm saying, and, and play with the optics. But um you know, I, I can't say what I can't say. I haven't read the manifesto. I don't know what I don't know. Right. But that feels to me like a cheap shot for an already vulnerable community. And to take one individual, and I know that they were saying that there were other trans people that have done attacks like this, but the vast majority of people that do these attacks are white male incels. Let's be honest, the huge majority. I think there was three people who were kind of in the non-binary space who might have carried out an attack. And of those three, I think maybe one of them only said that to get out of a hate crime charge. Right. So with that said, 
for a person to, for whatever this guy, John, John Hawley to take that and then try to use it to frame the conversation around trans people attacking Christians. Um, it, it puts an already vulnerable population in a more vulnerable space and cast them in a more vulnerable um, light. And, you know, we always said that this show, we would use this platform to try to support anyone who was marginalized, born with a strike against them, had a tougher go at life. And I, I cannot sit here and pretend to know what it's like to be trans. I've met a handful of trans people in my life. I wish I knew more just so that I could help more and articulate things a bit better. But as long as there's breath in my body, I have to push back against what I see as clear attacks on vulnerable communities. And that feels like one of them right now, based yeah. on what and, I know. And you're, and you're being generous saying it feels like it, right? Cause we can't use language that states things with a hundred percent knowledge that we don't have actual knowledge of, yeah. but there's a reason that it feels that way yeah. because it most likely is. You yeah. Know I mean, we have to use terms like alleged and yeah. feels. You got to talk around it. Yeah. yeah. A bit. But it, it really, really sucks. It's such a cheap shot. It's such low hanging fruit. And they do that knowing how their colleagues will react. Their constituents, to it. yeah. yeah. They're... It's so cowardly and unfair, man. Right. Now, again, I I want to make sure that we are condemning clearly any sort of uh actions like this individual that shot this school up takes while still recognizing that there are people in this community who need protection um, and need a voice. And because, again, we have microphones and satellite dishes across the country and beating hearts and a degree of empathy, um, it's, I think it's important for us to make sure that that's stated. All right. My final question that I'll ask, will lawmakers pass gun control measures? So finally, uh, the question of the day and of yesterday and the day before that, unfortunately, it looks like it might be the question of tomorrow. Will lawmakers pass gun control measures? It, it seems that even lawmakers themselves being targets didn't bring, doesn't and didn't bring about change. There was a, a politician in Arizona years ago. Um, at a grocery store or something. Oh, uh, G Gabby Guilford, I want to say. And like, even then it wasn't like, okay, this is, <laughs> this has gone far enough. Not, a, not just my children, but me. And the, 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 the NRA, the gun lobby, those that profit from the selling of weapons in this country are, they're too powerful. It's not, this isn't even something for us to go back and forth about. Mm -hmm. And not only are they too powerful, but those that benefit from their money like it too much. Right? Because this wouldn't even be hard. The, the, the legislation that would change things actually overnight wouldn't even be difficult. There are cases, studies, and data from all over the world that show that um, more legislation that would require you to jump through more hoops essentially to get a weapon 
would make it so that less people who shouldn't have them would. And people always push back with the idea, well, if criminals want to get guns, they will. I'm sure. I'm sure. Right. But that's the same thing with everything. People who have no issue with breaking the law to get things that break the law to get things will continue to. We know that Mm -hmm. we're talking about when they don't have to. Right. If you can get the money off my porch instead of breaking my window to get it, you'll just get it off the porch. Like, yeah, that's human nature, too. And also the nature of the criminal. Right. They will take the easier route when it's provided to them. And our country does a really good job of providing the way easier route. You can just go to the store and buy an assault rifle or you can buy five of them in a row, not trip off any alerts or anything like that. So, again, we wait and see. But um, shout out to the officers that got in there and got busy. Credit where it's due. All right. Okay, it's time for the Way Black History Fact. Today's Way Black History Fact is sponsored by Underground Beach Club from the streets to the beach. The finest in beachwear. Visit Underground Beach Club. Dot com. All right. As promised, the former slave turned cop who made the only official arrest of a sitting U.S. president in history. I'll read. Um, William West made the difficult call to hold the head of the United States responsible for dangerous behavior in a residential neighborhood. These days, American presidents and allegations of breaking the law are in the headlines nearly every day. However, in the nearly 250-year-old United States, there has only been one known instance of a sitting president being arrested. This was made by a police officer named William H. West, a former slave who took Ulysses S. Grant into custody in 1872 after catching the head of the nation speeding down a Washington, D.C. street on multiple occasions. West was born in 1842 in Maryland, where he and his family were held as slaves. When the Civil War, uh, 1861-1865, came around, the young man enlisted in the Company K, 30th United States Colored Infantry, seeing action in the conflict that led to the abolition of slavery. During Reconstruction, uh, which was 1865-1877, to when former slave states were integrated in accordance with the federal expectations, West obtained a position as a policeman in Washington, D.C. in 1871. One of two black cops at the time, he gained a reputation for his gentlemanly behavior and affinity for good, fast horses. It was also during this time that he married he and his wife, Kate, went on to raise six children. The arrest that West became known for was one that he made of President Grant in 1872. The policeman was following up on recent complaints of speeding horses by conducting a foot patrol around 13th Street. Suddenly, he noticed a horse and buggy traveling up the street towards him and at what he considered a rate of speed that was unsafe for the residential neighborhood. Flagging the carriage down, he discovered that the driver was none other than the president, who he permitted to drive along after admonishing him to watch how fast he drove in the future. However, the next day, and in the same general location, West once again saw a number of carriages tearing down the street faster than they should be. He was able to flag down seven of them. Upon examining the drivers, he saw that one of them was again Grant, who was less than 24 hours from having received a warning. Because of the repeated transgression, West treated the situation just like he would if it were any other citizen. 
He placed the perpetrators under arrest, reportedly specifically telling Grant, quote, I am very sorry, Mr. President, to have to do it, for you are the chief of the nation and I am nothing but a policeman. But duty is duty, sir, and I will have to place you under arrest. The president and the other six drivers were escorted to the local precinct where they were processed. Grant was released after paying a $20 bond that was forfeited as he didn't show up at the hearing follow the following morning, thus resolving the matter for himself. It was reported that 32 women showed up to testify against the other drivers who did have their day in court, who vehemently contested the charges in vain. Grant never did appeal his arrest or the fine that he paid. He even supposedly later acknowledged that he had been in the wrong and that West had done the right thing. However, it was far from a one-time incident. Records show that during his presidency, he received at least three different citations for traveling too fast in a carriage. Grant remained in office until 1877. He lived until 1885, but spent his final years battling cancer and racing to write his memoirs to help bring in some money for his family before he died, as he had bought them nearly to the brink of insolvency. Meanwhile, West completed a successful career as a policeman. In 1901, when he retired after some 30 years on the job, in 1908, he was interviewed by a reporter who published a newspaper article that went viral and appeared in various publications around the country. The formal cop went into detail about his most famous arrest. He described why he made the stop and arrest. Quote, several residents of the neighborhood had complained of horsemen who speeded their horse along 13th Street while driving to and from the Brightwood racetracks. President Ulysses S. Grant was one of the drivers who used 13th Street, and many a time he engaged in a speed contest with his friends. In fact, full spurts of speed were frequent occurrences, and the street was at times dangerous for women and children. Citizens complained time and again to the police about the conditions prevailing along the street on account of the furious racing going on, and orders were issued for the police to stop the racers. Uh, end quote. Or unquote. Although the story of Grant's arrest was sometimes called anecdotal in the past, the Washington, D.C. Police Department has confirmed more recently that it did indeed happen. While it is remarkable for a number of reasons, it also it's also just a good example of law enforcement, a law enforcement matter being handled by the book, despite fame and power of the perpetrator. So, yeah, president got arrested. It's possible. Gives me hope. <laughs> Once upon a time, it was possible. I think all parties involved might be too scared for that to happen now, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a popular narrative um, or a popular, what is it? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A refrain, maybe, that people keep saying over and over again. Who knows? But uh, conservatives are saying that this is unprecedented. You know, I'm referring specifically, we're referring to um the investigations indictment uh, indictment uh, uh, of Donald Trump and the investigations and the potential uh, indictments for him that are still lined up and uh, how everyone's calling it a witch hunt and saying that this has never been done before and it's unprecedented and that he's being targeted and this this and that and the third um, and trying to suggest that he is kind of beyond consequences because he has served as the president and now he's like a national treasure or something like that or because he did these things while he was in office he's automatically exempt from prosecution or whatever whatever fantasy arguments that these folks come up with but i think the point that everyone 
uh, is echoing on that side is that it's unprecedented. It hasn't happened before. And the fact is, is that we now see that it has happened before. And indeed, the arresting officer was a former slave. So that's some way black history for you right there. So when I say, you know, it gives me hope. Um, that makes one of us. Well, hope ain't nothing. So, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's still it's still a long ways away, but um, it has happened before. And I think that counts for something. So. So, yeah, um, can't wait to see what happens with this indictment and whether or not it goes the way that we're hoping and that there's some accountability. I know that Georgia is looking like a juicy ripe peach right on the other side of it, one way or the other. So I won't hold my breath. <laughs> True to form. Uh, but I'll, I'll have enough hope for both of us. How about that? All right. I think that's going to do it for us here on Civic Cypher. Once again, I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am still Q Ward. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, do us a favor. Hit the website. Um, submit any questions, any topics you want us to cover. Uh, make a donation. The show is growing and we will continue to grow with your support. Um, you can also download this in any previous episode and uh, check out all our social media, including our YouTube. It's all at Civic Cypher. Um and uh you can follow me at Ramses Ja. Me at I am Q Ward. Hate, like, comment, subscribe, share, all that stuff. But don't hate. <laughs> hate. You know what I mean? We welcome it. Just do it on the platform. Go and if you're gonna hate, do it right. Make sure that we're having a constructive argument. Don't don't just throw nothing no nonsense our way, man. We don't need none of that. We're trying to do something good here, right? Yeah. Until next week, y'all. Peace. Peace. From headquarters behind enemy lines, sidestepping the borders. For press passes, we bring it to you as it happens. The streets love my crew for music and rapping. Street commander slash beat expander. Here to fight the slander with the proper propaganda. What's happening? You got a question, then ask it. The news is just a TV show. Get past it. And this from a quiet wartime journalist headlines. Wake up, refuse, and resist. Like this, like this, like this, like this.